today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Gillette facing a, ba- a backlash and boycott. This is odd over their Me Too advertising that addresses toxic masculinity. Why is this drawing, or why is this drawing so much mixed reaction? Um, I just watched it again with Luke. We're going to play you it, and obviously you can't see it, but you can hear uh, the gist of the message. Bullying. The Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say. Making the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. And there will be no going back. Because we, we believe in the best in men. Men need to hold other men accountable. Smile, sweetie. Come on. To say the right thing. To act the right way. Some already are. In ways big and small. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today will be the men of tomorrow. All right, we're going to post that, so if you uh, haven't seen it and you want to uh, watch it as well as listen to the audio, you can uh, certainly do so. Um, Gillette facing backlash. I, I looked at it, I thought, wow, that's great. What's wrong with that? And instead, it's, uh, it, it's turned into a negative campaign, and they've got um, more people, uh, I guess, they get, they're, they're seemingly getting more complaints about it than they are support for it, which uh, I'm kind of surprised. I'm thinking, really, guys, does this, does this bug you? <laughs> like, you're kidding me, right? Uh, grow some balls, if I could be such a pig. Uh, let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, public relations consultant and uh, principal at Alyssa Freeman PR. And is with us now. Alyssa, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, hi, Scott. Thank you for having me on. So I, I watched this again with Luke with the sound up and everything and got the make sure I got all the different angles of it. And my first reaction was, what's the problem? You know, exactly. I think this is much ado about nothing. And I think that the people who are screaming bloody murder about the Gillette campaign haven't actually watched the whole thing. I mean, I realize it is over a minute, so maybe their attention spans don't can't compute that much. Hey, don't pick on guys, Alyssa. Come oh, on, I got to no, stick up for people. us. People, hmm? could mm. be men and women. Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> you know, so you know, when I looked at this, I thought, well, this is great. Here is a large company with a large platform and has been around for many, many decades putting a new sort of flavor, a new narrative on the best a man can get. And honestly, you know, this could be construed as a feminist point of view. But when I watched that, I found myself nodding throughout the whole thing. 
And I don't know if your listeners picked up, but there was the part where um, a gentleman is saying, well, uh, what I think she's saying is. Yeah. That that setting was in a boardroom with the only woman mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a boardroom filled with men. And boy, oh boy, haven't I suffered that over the years. But, you know, we need to look at this ad as a way of changing the conversation. And there are lots and lots of people who don't want that conversation to change and are just fine with the status quo of boys will be boys. You know, I I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sound overly feministic about all of this. Uh, What irks me, and this is something completely different, and I I hear this all the time being in the media because I'm aware of it. um, I hate being wrongly characterized especially from a, a female perspective. So, and we've talked about this before, I think, there's many commercials on the air, whether it's radio or television, and the guy looks like a buffoon, and the wife's making him look like an ass. How stupid of you to be doing that? Like, what's wrong with you, you lughead? And I often thought if the roles were reversed, there, there'd be hell to pay. So I have no time for that. I have no time for reverse discrimination, per se. I'm about equality. So I, I, I want to say that, but I really didn't, I want to preface uh, what I'm saying with that, but I really didn't see anything to be threatened of here. You know, and I didn't really think of this even as a masculinity, a toxic masculinity. That is a pretty strong word. As you watch it and such, it's just being a nice person. It's just being respectful of everyone. Well, you know, it's interesting because you say that, and then that's sort of the rational thought behind the campaign. And then you read the vitriol. I mean, just plug in the word Gillette on Twitter and read what comes up. It'll make your skin crawl. It it reminds me of when Nike came out with the Colin Kaepernick campaign, and people were incensed about their, you know, Nike support of Kaepernick. I'm never going to buy the shoes again. But they don't really say why. People were burning their shoes. Yeah, I remember that. Some of them were burning them while they were on their feet. I mean, like, let's think the next step, people. (laughs) But, But you know what happened, Scott? Their stock went up, and shoes became were flying off the shelves. So honestly, the people who are ticked off about these things are generally not the people who buy the product. And I would probably submit, and I tried to find this out, but I couldn't before I talked with you, was, you know, who buys the majority of razor blades in the home? And I would tell you that I think it's more women than men who buy razor blades. And then they steal them. (laughs) <laughs> well, there you go. But, you know, listen, I can buy a Gillette razor blade, but it's... You know, made for I don't know. Every time I'm getting in the shower, all that I seem to have left are the pink ones. Mine seem to disappear. But anyway, well, I digress. You know, there you go. You should try those pink ones. But here's I have had to I mean, on many occasions. People are incensed. Yeah. And it boggles my mind, but it really speaks to humanity in, in this very case. People are incensed that, and they feel as if their masculinity is under fire. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of people need to understand that there's, there are things and situations that have gone on and repeated throughout life that we take as status quo that we no longer want to take as status quo. And when I say we, I mean both men and women. So when you look at that commercial, and it shows, it does mention Me Too, so it does say that up front, but then what it does is is that it shows two uh, kids beating each other up right. and somebody saying, we can solve this differently. It shows a guy who's going to wolf whistle and, you know, stare down a beautiful woman and somebody say, hey, bro, you don't need to do that. So it takes everyday situations and it gives you another way to think about it because you and I have talked before and I have said There is no need to put up with the status quo as far as I am concerned and as far as many other people are concerned that boys will be boys. 
Uh, it's interesting. Uh, one of the response, uh, uh, one of the responses was, uh, you're, you're painting all men with the same brush. Do you think this to, is guilty of that? But you know, the, on the other side of that, you're painting all men with the same brush. But if you read the responses, that's the way most of the men have responded. Well, you know, let, let's look at that. But the, if we are painting most men with the same brush. Look at all the good things that are coming out of that space where it is men taking it upon themselves to do something differently and to change the conversation. So if you actually look at it and say, okay, you're painting men with the same brush, well, look at the positive side of this. I mean, honestly, it's like we took a fire-breathing dragon and, you know, and, and tried to extinguish all the men in society. That's not the case. And honestly, if you're thinking that your masculinity is threatened by somebody actually exposing what a jerk you've been over the past few decades, then you have a lot of thinking to do. Are you surprised that the majority, you know, and I'm reading through some of the responses, and some of them are positive as well and, and, and send a great message and such. Uh, and, and I guess, you know, everybody's entitled to their own personality here or their own, um, or their own response here, their own position. Uh, are you surprised there were so many negative responses? You know, I have to say that I was. You know, when I read sort of, you know, the opinion pieces on these things, and I'm thinking, well, you know, gee, you know, this is, you know, there's some for, there's some against. And then I just read something on YouTube where, you know, the negative, the thumbs down on the film, you know, outranks uh, three to one, the positive thumbs up on the on the film. And then when you get on Twitter, which, you know, everybody is just, you know, it could be just sort of a garbage can sometimes of, of thought. And you read what people are saying about that. I mean, that's where you get into real guttural and vitriolic responses. So, I'm, you know, you know, it's interesting because when Gillette, before any large corporation embarks on a campaign that strays from the normal messaging or the normal narrative, which in this case would be buy our blades because they do the best job um, or buy our razors, you know, you have to do your research. So you presume that the parent company did the market research, that they listened to consumer responses, that they saw where the negativity may play. And I'd be interested to know, although I may never find out in those responses, you know, how negative this could have got this this campaign maybe was predicted to to uh, instill. So I'm sure Gillette expected the negativity. And, you know, as part of PR best practices, I would never say that any PR is good PR, but I suppose that when you are absolutely changing narratives and you are going into what could be termed or to what could be deemed, um, you know, a totally different and potentially contentious direction, that Gillette expected this. And absolutely, because if there's no negative response, there's no ad campaign. Well, you know, I mean, you can still have a great ad campaign. It could be positive response. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of ad campaigns that people love. But this but is you know, by far drawing more attention because it is so divisive. It's mixed well, reaction. You know, this is it. And here we are 72 hours after this ad has been released, and we're still talking about it. So, you know, that says something, too. But I have to say that this also represents a new trend in, in many of uh, consumer campaigns where large companies are putting their toe into the sort of social consciousness waters. So, for example, many decades ago, um, Coke came out, um, you know, with all the people on the Hill that like to teach the world to sure. sing, talking about unity. Um, there have been various uh, attempts 
at creating greater social consciousness. And, and, and some of them have worked really well. But now, these things are not just, you know, you know, occurring every now and then. In many cases, and this is uh, pre-Super Bowl, I do believe this ad, that they are not, this is just not a throwaway campaign or a nice to have. This is actually something that's driving the brand. Uh, good either way. And, you know, if you are Gillette, why just not sell, do a spot on selling razors? Like we were talking about, maybe, you know, a man and wife arguing about who's stealing them. I mean, why even go here? Well, here's the thing. Gillette has been under fire lately by a uh, new competitor in the market called the Dollar Shave Club. And what yes. this is, this really appeals to millennials. So, yep. you know, you don't have to go to your local drugstore and pick up your razor, your shaving cream, and your blades. You can actually have it delivered to your house and for incredibly low prices. So this company has been taking a big bite out of the main players. Yep, yep. And Gillette felt that they really needed to do something in order to continue to, you know, re re-raise awareness around their brand. Because I think that the Dollar Shave Club has been biting into the Gillette uh, yeah. share of market. So you can either, Scott, default to the, okay, let's just do a regular blade campaign with a man with a nice smooth face. Or we can really just, you know, go to the extreme and do something that people don't expect. All right, uh, I want to change subject, uh, change uh, direction here. Uh, talking about the Saudi Arabian teen who uh, started the social media campaign while being held, or rather, while uh, being she held herself up in uh, a hotel room in Bangkok. Uh, her brother and her uh, father coming to get her and return her back to Saudi Arabia under the guardianship law that they have there. Uh, the UN requests Canada to to please intervene and take her, which we did. I mean, this is a great story. It's a feel good story. It draws attention to the plight of women not only in Saudi Arabia but all over the world in countries that are that are similar to this what I thought was pretty tasteless when I'm sitting there watching the news and there's Christia Freeland with her arm around her and her hand up as a stop motion to the press I'm gonna save you little girl uh, am I over analyzing this am I trying to look for something bad in a great story I need to tell you I'm so aligned with you on this when I first heard about this when it broke on the radio I'm thinking what why are we doing this I mean, I know why. You know why. This could be considered a foreign affairs win for Canada because their international reputation has absolutely been in the toilet over yeah. you know the past year. There's been several missteps and, and several trade missions, not to mention the you know horrific you know, um, things that are going on in China right now, which every time I hear some new news about, I really have to give my head a shake. So while I may look at this with a, a jaded eye, I have to tell you, I was watching the news last night with my husband, and this story comes on, and I didn't say anything. I mean, I had my own sort of silent eye roll, but then I turned to my husband, and I said, so what do you think about this? He says, I think it's great. I think that it shows that Canada is a player on the international scene and that they did something wonderful and helped this young girl, and I can't say enough good things about it. And I just sort of looked at him, and I thought, you know what? That's the absolute desired effect yeah. the Liberals hoped that the majority of Canadians would feel. So did you hit him with a pillow at that time? Nah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the 11 o'clock news. There you go. far too tired. But, you know, the thing is, is that you and I look at this as sort of with a, a different lens, a bit more yeah. of a jaded lens. I mean, this is just an absolute 
beautiful photo op. I mean, yeah. why was Christian Freeland there in the first place? And why, why is this the situation of immigration there? And why exactly? And why is this any different from any other case? It isn't, other than it's extremely popular. It's in the public eye. Well, you said it. You hit the nail on the head. It's extremely popular. There's social media platforms going on. People became very aware of it. And this woman made for sort of like the perfect scenario. Her, her, I think her English is great. She is young. She has her future ahead of her. She is a sort of a representative of what a young woman is uh, like today and wants, their, wants change and wants their voice to be heard, which is very, very much aligned with, you know, liberal values and liberal immigration policy values. So th- for the liberals, this was like, you know, let's change the channel here. There is so much bad news right now. I mean, we, they, they can't even keep up with, you know, what's going on with China. Don't travel in China. Don't go to Canada. Um, and, and the horrific uh, outcome of the trial that happened yesterday. So this was kind of a, a great way to change the channel a little bit. And it's worked because the latest article I was reading about it was on the New York Times. Hmm. Unbelievable. They're very good at it. The Liberal Party is very good at this. Well, I'd have to say that most political parties are really good at it. The Republicans and the progressive conservatives in this province notwithstanding. I mean, they're all good at it, Scott. It just takes a lot of thinking and sitting in a boardroom thinking, okay, what can we do to change the channel? And it used to be that political parties would wait for something to happen and hope that something would happen to sort of take push bad news off of the front page and making the headlines. Now what they do is they think, well, let's be proactive about it and let's not wait and let's get something going ourselves. Well, let's hope they've got another one in their back pocket because the China story ain't going away and this is going to fade pretty fast. I find it very, very troublesome. Alyssa Freeman has been with us, public relations consultant, principal at Alyssa Freeman PR. As always, Alyssa, thank you for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.